0: Chapter Seventeen of To London Town. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Alan Lawley. This visit was but for the first of many for Mr. Buxton. Until after a very few months he came as regularly as uncle isaac himself he recovered his old appearance a little at a time one new article of clothing coming after another but he seemed to have no luck in his quest for a job or very little What small success he found was ever brought to naught by the captiousness even the rudeness of those in direction or their unreasonable exactions, in the way of work. To simple Nanme, he seemed the most shamefully ill-used of exemplars. Johnny and Bessie were less enthusiastic. Bessie said nothing, but avoided Mr. Butson as much as possible, sitting in the shop when he was in the back parlour. Johnny went for walks in the evening and grumbled. Wondering why his mother encouraged this stranger Catching suppers, as he uncivilly put it Nan May was hurt at the expression And feared that the workshop was spoiling Johnny's manners News came from Bob Smallpeace That his poor old mother was dead at last And buried in the high churchyard where Johnny's grandfather lay Also that Bob would come to London now a visit at the first opportunity now it was a fact that bob Smallpiece, for a year or two had been inclined to marry though it was a thing he might never have thought of if he had seen less of mrs may but he was a man of practical temperament making up in his common sense for a great lack of agility of mind there were certain obstacles he saw Obstacles that must remove of themselves, or not at all. First, his old mother. It would not seem fair to bring a wife to nurse a bedridden old woman. At any rate, it was scarce an attraction. More, the old woman herself had a dread of it. She feared the chance of being thought a burden by a newcomer, and would often beg Bob not to marry she were gone sometimes with the assurance that she would not belong now then to say nothing of old mr may there had been the children who familiar as he was with them afflicted him in this particular matter alone with an odd shyness again when the old man died the may family must needs come to london if only that johnny might go to his trade while bob smallpiece must stay at the forest but he was ever patient and philosophical now that some difficulties were gone another arose nan may all unaware of his slow designs was settled in london with ties of business But perhaps, after all, the business was not flourishing. Might be a burden better laid down. And as to Johnny, he was earning wages of some sort now. And at most, his apprenticeship would be out when he was twenty-one. Bob Smallpiece had reserved one piece of news till he could deliver it in person. This was that, at last, he had left the cottage. At three and sixpence a week to a decent woodman and his wife, and so wearing a new neckcloth, and with three weeks' rent in his pocket, Bob Smallpeace appeared in Harbour Lane one spring morning. a vast astonishment of leather and velveteen such as had never before brought a Black war housewife to attention in the mist. Of her dusting and sweeping, no name was painted over the shop, but no stranger could pass its red and blue and green without stopping to look, least of all Bob Smallpiece in quest of the place itself. Nan may saw him and ran to the door and Bessie, with her crutch and her book, met him halfway to the back parlour gay and laughing bob regarded the well-filled shop the neat room with some mixture of feelings prosperity was excellent in its own way but it made the new obstacle more formidable further mrs may though she was pleased to hear that the cottage was let and grateful enough for his trouble in letting it was not so overjoyed as she might have been if the weekly three and sixpence had come at a time of pinching more she handled the half-sovereign almost as disrespectfully as the sixpence and dropped it into a part of her purse where it fell among other gold poor bob saw the obstacle not only bigger but double not merely was nan made tied to london by her trade and by johnny's apprenticeship but she was a well-to-do tradeswoman with whom a poor forest-keeper could expect no more than respectful acquaintance he half feared she might even offer to pay him for his trouble with the cottage and grew red and hot with the apprehension but this affliction was spared him though nan did venture to ask if his care of her property had involved out-of-pocket expenses A suggestion which Bob repudiated desperately. Neither Bessie nor her mother could understand why their visitor's manner was so constrained and awkward, nor why he announced that he must be going after sitting for twenty minutes. But that, of course, was not to be allowed johnny would be home in half an hour and there would be some dinner so bob smallpiece who wanted to get away somewhere by himself and think things over remained and made his part of the conversation as well as he could johnny came smudgy and hungry surprised to find that his old friend big man as he was seemed to be scarcely so big as when he saw him last 18 months ago. For Johnny himself was grown surprisingly, and seemed like to stand as high as Bob Smallpiece's shoulder by his 17th birthday. Bob found more to talk of now that Johnny had come, and he ate even better than Johnny himself, for nothing spoiled the keeper's appetite. When could they all come to the forest again for a day? nan may shook her head she had no days free but sundays she might come some day perhaps some sunday in the vague future but johnny might get a day off at a slack time and he and bessie would come bessie beamed over with delight at the prospect every day since she had left it the forest had seemed a more wonderful and more distant dream every day some forgotten circumstance some moment of delight some long dead bunch of wild flowers trifles all and daily commonplaces once had come back to lend one more touch to the fairy picture her memory made ever more radiant as the simple facts fell farther into the past and johnny Little burdened with pictures of fancy, for he put his imagination away from him now as a childishness unworthy an engineer. Nevertheless, thought that as soon as a certain large job was completed at Maitment and Hurst's, the gaffer would doubtless let him lose the day. So it was settled, and when Johnny hurried off to his work, Bob Smallpiece took the opportunity to leave too for he must go and see his sister he said he went and saw his sister and took tea with her and his sister found him even duller than nan may had done for in truth bob smallpiece was in a mire of doubt and hesitation in a frame of mind so foreign to his simple habit he grew fretful and left things to chance And impulse with no definite design in the world, he wandered back to Harbour Lane after tea and there met for the first time Uncle Isaac and Mr. Butson. This company proved incongenial, and indeed, the distinguished Butson was indisposed to be cordial with an Essex bumpkin in a velvety uniform. So, though Nan May was all kindness. Bob Smallpeace soon took himself off to the train, where his savage moodiness might not be seen. The whole thing was past hope now, though he might have found it hard to tell precisely what had occurred since midday to worsen the look of affairs. End of chapter 17